Staff Sergeant Sal Junta enlisted in the Army in 2003. In July 2005, he was shot in his left calf in Afghanistan. And that's where the story ends, if you ask Sal. But if you Google Sal Junta, there is so much more to his story than being shot in his left calf. In October 2007, Sal deployed for a second time to Afghanistan. He was leading his team back to base when they were ambushed with a force that outnumbered Sal and his troop. As the team was being fired at, Sal ran through the intense wall of fire to help those who were injured get back to safety. On November 16, 2010, Staff Sergeant Junta was awarded the Medal of Honor for his actions in 2007. The Medal of Honor is the United States' highest military decoration, and Sal is the first living recipient since the Vietnam War. Of holding the honor with our nation's bravest, Sal said, They are our biggest and our fastest and our strongest and our bravest and the most selfless people. And and I'm just trying to keep up with the group. To be around such incredible folks, it takes all my effort just, just to keep pace. Staff Sergeant Junta is one of the most humble men you'll ever have the opportunity to talk to, and it was an honor to share the mic with him. I'm Andrew Kaufman, and this is The Strategist, presented by the George W. Bush Institute. What happens when you cross the 43rd president, late-night sketch comedy, and compelling conversation? The Strategist, a podcast born from the word strategery, which was coined by SNL and embraced by the George W. Bush administration. We highlight the American spirit of leadership and compassion through thought-provoking conversations. And we're reminded that the most effective leaders are the ones who laugh. We're recording live today at the Bush Institute Warrior Open, our competitive golf tournament that honors the many heroes who have volunteered to protect our nation. And we're incredibly lucky to have as our guest, Medal of Honor recipient Sal Junta, who is fresh in from the course. Sal, thank you for spending some time with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And our co-host today is Brittany Bain, the Director of Communications for the Bush Institute with a focus on the Military Service Initiative. Brittany, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Sal, how'd you shoot today? Yeah, it was a shamble format, so I did fantastic because I had four <laughs> people to carry me. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, this is our third day playing the course. We had a practice day, and then we played the tournament yesterday and uh, just met so many great folks now. Uh, so it's hard to beat, really. What, is the, what have these couple of days been like for you, hanging out with the guys? Like, what's, how's your experience been? At your fir- this is your first Warrior Opens. How's it been? It has been fantastic. You know, I, I, get to have a, I get to meet a lot of people, and I get to have a lot of conversations, but it's a three- to five-minute conversation. And to come out here and meet folks that are just like me, I'm making real friends. That seems crazy to say, but I don't make friends that often. I'm a friendly guy, but, you know, we're acquaintances and we're just nice to each other. But to make true friends, I've made real friends uh, being here. And only, only for three, within three days, uh, there's people that I'm going to link up with again and, and hopefully play some more golf and just share some more, more life experiences with. That's great. So last night we had dinner and you all sat with President Bush and Mrs. Bush. They hosted you for dinner. And you said something about how being with this group in particular just really gives you hope for the country. Can you, can you tell us more about that? It does. You know, you start hearing these individual stories and, and you listen to, you, you know, they've sacrificed. You can, you can, their body has paid the price for their sacrifices and you hear what, what's important to them. And it has nothing to do with them. It's always about the next thing. It's, it is truly golf. Your last shot can be great, but it's what you're doing next that really matters. And, and the folks that are here are really focused on what's next and not for themselves as individuals, but for the veteran community, for the country, um, it's, it's pretty darn powerful. There's reasons. These, these guys 
the things that they've accomplished, I don't think they have too much else to prove, and yet they're they're not stopping. They're, they're continuing to improve themselves so they can be more useful in the future, and that, that fires me up. I'm a, I'm a pretty excitable guy, and uh, there's a lot of people here uh, getting me fired up. The most important thing about all of this is just to get out there and, and be active. What what is golf meant to you in particular? For me, golf has, has been a part of my life in a, in a big way. Uh, I grew up on a little city course in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We'd, I'd walk out maybe nine years old and play golf all day until I was too tired to cause trouble and then go home and not be in trouble. And uh, it taught me to look people in the eyes and, and be honest. I mean, you can tell whatever story you want, but uh, honesty is it. it. Your face value, you know, there's no, there's no bio in a regular round of golf. You just get paired up with some other folks and you, you see who they are. In four hours, you get a chance to see how they carry themselves. And so golf gave me that. Now, I don't have a whole lot of reasons to spend multiple hours outside. I wish I did. I, I, I love being outdoors. And golf provides, you know, three, four hours. I can go outside. I can walk. I can, I can get some exercise. I can think about other things. Golf really provides me peace. Uh, I, I wish there was more things in my life that, that gave me the peace that golf does because this is, this is a crazy game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. Sometimes it's really ugly, but it, it's still peaceful to me. It, it's, it's been – it's helped me – feel like me and I, I there's not a whole lot of things that allow me this and I, I think that same thing about this exact tournament if we weren't playing golf just being back being around these folks that most of them I've never met I feel like I'm back with with the group again and that that's where I want to be yeah it's so inspiring to see you guys giving each other heck and just having a great time on the course and just being back in action so to speak and and you're just one of the guys even though you did get awarded the medal of honor the highest award in the military can you tell us what it felt like when when you were nominated when I found out that they put me in for the Medal of Honor, uh, in all honesty, I was pretty hurt. Um, this, is not, this is not a good thing. Uh, I, I have known about the Medal of Honor. I've never met a Medal of Honor recipient at the time, but they are our biggest and our fastest and our strongest and our bravest and the most selfless people. And, and I'm just trying to keep up with the group. Uh, to be around such incredible folks, it takes all my effort just, just to keep pace. And to be recognized with this, this award, it's not a lifetime achievement award. It's a, it's a moment in time award. And uh, what it represents is, is the biggest, the bravest, and the fastest. It represents there's so many people that do incredible things that don't, need, that don't get recognized. And I think this, the award for me now gives me a voice. Well, at least people listen to what I'm saying. I've been talking my whole life, but about uh, eight <laughs> years ago, people started listening. Um, it gives me a chance to talk about those around me. That they, they are the people that made me. I am a product of my environment. You can like it or not, but uh, I'll tell you, the people around me have been very positive and have always led from the front. And this award allows me to stand on my soapbox and tell the story about those folks. And what did it feel like when you were on that stage receiving that award? What, what was that like? That day was a very nerve-wracking day for me. I'm, I'm a pretty social guy, but to be in that place and be recognized and... and Again, alone. I'm on the stage alone with the president. It, it felt wrong. Uh, in the front row, I had my family, and, and behind my family, I had uh, Sergeant Brennan's family and Specialist Mendoza's family. Two, two guys, two, two friends of mine that were killed that very night. And, and to have them part of that was important. And I remember just, just standing there on the stage feeling nervous and, and sad that I'm the only one standing here and looking at those families and, and the pride that they had and knowing that we are in this together. Um, it was a pretty powerful day for me. It was an incredibly powerful day for me. That's pretty remarkable. And so you didn't keep it, right? You gave it back? 
I did. It uh, it's a it's a French silk ribbon, and then it has a little star on it. And it's it's pretty light physically, but it is a it is a huge weight, and it's not a burden because a burden's a negative thing. But it's a huge responsibility, and when I put that on, I have to be the very best me that I can be, as I as I should be all the time. But I really have to try because I know what it's representing, and it's it's bigger than me, and it's greater than me, and so. For me to wear it, I kept on telling everyone, you know, it's not me, it's us. And yet that was around my neck. And I thought, I can't keep on doing this. Uh, and it was the 4th of July, and I was over in Italy with the 173rd. And I'm looking out on on a 1,000 young men in the infantry, airborne infantry, in a foreign country, preparing for combat that we've been in for the last 17 years. And... It was a reunion, so next to them was about 100 guys from Vietnam, 173rd. We're a very small unit. And I saw, I saw the present, and I saw the past, and the future was right there with them. And that's where it belongs. It belongs with the guys and gals sticking it to the enemy and continuing to sacrifice every single day. And it felt like the right thing for me to do. And so I did it. I, you know, it's easier not to ask people. I just... I just did it. I don't know if that's what I was supposed to. No one really. I know it's not what I was necessarily supposed to do, but it's what I was going to do, and no one's going to stop me. It's so amazing that we have such a volunteer force that is made up of men and women that live that creed every day, um, and we're so honored to be able to to spend a little time with guys like you. And when you look back at that time, as you're receiving the award and you're on David Letterman, what what was that? period in your transition like like everyone has a little bit of a different transition yours was particularly different coming your transition out of the military given that you were um a medal of honor recipient what 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 was that experience like what how did you accept your new reality uh there was no choice but to accept it um how it worked for me it was different for me i really it changed my opinion it changed how i address situations uh, at the time i was a staff sergeant and Staff Sergeant Airborne Infantry, I'm in charge of like eight guys. And uh, to represent, to, instead of going to a dinner and sitting in the back with my buddies, we're, I'm sitting at the table with all the generals and the command sergeant majors, and I'm, I'm hearing that you gotta, you got to think on a larger level. Um, for me, that transition, I got to meet a lot of great folks. And I saw for the first time, I spent my eight years in the Army, I spent seven and a half of them outside the United States of America. So there's no one really waving American flags as you go to war and only your buddies' wives are, are there when you come back because it's a foreign country. To be able to come back to the United States and see the amount of support from the individual citizens was incredible. I'd never, my time in the military was all in a foreign country. And so that gave me the opportunity to see the heart of America. And uh, it was so positive and so supportive. And there's been so many people that have continued to support uh, throughout this, this war. And uh, that transition for me, it, it lightened my soul. It, it, it gave me, I have, I have faith in people and I don't have to know them to trust them. I just, I can believe in them. So tell us about what you're up to now. You were telling us before we started this interview that you're studying for finals. You're in school now. Yeah. Uh, I want to be a lifelong learner. Uh, I don't know anyone who's smart enough not to be. And uh, I just want to consume knowledge. I, I don't know what my next adventure is, but I, I want to learn so I can make myself useful for, for the adventures to come. And that the GI Bill that they offer to us uh, from our service is an incredible benefit. But if you don't use it, it's it's worthless. And I didn't want that to, to go unused. And, and I see folks... People go to college all the time. It was, it was a little tense for me to, 
to sit in a classroom again at 32 years old and look at these 18, 19 year old kids, but they're smart. They're incredibly smart and to, to be able to learn from them. Uh, it, it's, it's truly been a blessing. I think, uh, I'm pretty impressed with our with our university system at Colorado State. It's it's a fantastic school, and what they do for our veterans too. They really make it as comfortable as possible. Uh, it's an easy place to be. What are you studying? Business, supply chain management. So uh, one more year, and uh, there is a light at the end of this tunnel. <laughs> but uh, right now, a week from finals and playing golf today, and not being in class, uh, I got that little panic monster inside. <laughs> I still feel pressure. Yeah, th- I think everyone has that has that panic monster around finals, no matter who no matter who they are. Uh, but as as President Bush has said, y'all are the bravest and the best. So I I think you can handle some finals. I don't I think, think that's be gonna. Fine. Yeah, you've uh, you've stared down a tougher enemy than statistics. I think. I don't know. <laughs> some of this statistics stuff is confusing. It it, it is truly it it's good. I, I think putting my mind to work and focusing on the next thing. I, if you do what you always did, you'll get what you always got. And if you want something different, do something different. And it's, it's providing me that opportunity to do something different. And I know you're learning in those classes, and I hope the other students are learning from you, because President Bush says they all have a Ph.D. in life. I think there's a perf- that's the perfect way of putting it. Is, and if those other students in the class aren't learning from you, they're doing themselves a disservice, because every warrior to a man has a lot that they can impart to people. I 100% agree. That this- I told you, it fires me up just looking around. I, I played with uh, Tyson yesterday. Tyson. Tyson Quink. Yes. And West Point guy, played football for West Point, center, uh, double leg amputee. Said he's been playing golf for a year and a half. We just had a great day playing golf, joking about, about friendships and life and military and golf and, and families. And there's nothing else like it. I don't, I've never experienced anything else like it, I should say. What, uh, what do you plan on doing next? You're working on your college degree. What else is, what else is in your future? I don't really know. So uh, That's the way to live. Some, some steps at a time, right? Make yourself useful and you'll be put to work. And so uh, I'm in the process of making myself useful. My, my wife has been my rock. I, I'm, it'll be 10 years of marriage this year. We have two children, a seven-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. So you met, you were, so you were still in the service when you met, or when you got married. I was, yes. And... To, to see the family grow and to, you know, when you put other people in front of you in, in the service in uniform, it's easy because you understand how things work in life. Usually it's a little bit I, I, I and me, 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 because you got to take care of yourself as well with, with the kids. You start putting them, putting them and trying to lead by example. And I think leading by example is to continue to affect positive change. Well, Sal, thank you again for doing this. It's, it's been a real honor, and we, and we hope you tell others about the Warrior Open and the importance of finding that community again after your service and, and just being active, and, and you're the perfect role model for that. Yeah, thanks well, for being here. Thanks for your service. Thank you. Uh, say, saying that about, the, about I haven't, I tore my ACL two months ago. I haven't done anything, right? I'm not moving it that much. I got a brace on my leg. This got me out again. I just walked three rounds of golf. It is doing that for me. It is, it is putting me back on my feet, getting me walking again, getting me moving, getting me rehabbing. It's incredible. It's truly incredible. I, I greatly appreciate the opportunity to be here. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to help us spread the word about The Strategist, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major listening apps. If you're tuning in on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art. You'll find episode notes with helpful information and details you may have missed. 
The Strategist was produced by Ioana Pappas at the George W. Bush Institute in Dallas, Texas. Thank you for listening. 